This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome back to the Grace Deep Dive Podcast with John and Johnny. Uh, we're just uh, getting together uh, once again every week, talking about the this, this sermon from last week. But um, you look pretty tired, John. Are you? Uh, I know you probably are up watching a lot of baseball with your <laughs> twins. You know, I know you were talking about how how great they were. And, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what's going on? Are they still still around or what? Uh, well, you know, I mean, they're not. Yeah, they got swept by the Yankees. <laughs> three, three and done, which is kind of actually what I kind of assumed they would do. Really? Yeah. Well, number one, we always lose the only Yankees, which I hate the Yankees. Um, but also, uh, we just didn't have the pitching. This, you know, we 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 hit a lot of home runs. Set the record in home runs for regular there season. There you go. There like, you go. Congratulations. Ever, Congratulations. In in um, major league baseball history. So so you know we accomplished some things this year. It was a good year, over a hundred wins. But just we at the end of the year we just didn't have the pitching. Yeah, I, I give you a hard time, but obviously I, I mean you look at the Rockies, they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, and, and and whatnot. They but were, you know they were they almost made the playoffs, right? I don't. Th- yeah, I think they were about uh, thirty games out or something. By the time the by the time they wrapped Maybe, up, probably not thirty, but they were always it's out. close. I mean, it was at least out of uh, behind the Dodgers, who well, also the got Dodgers. beat yeah, too, they're which done is too. crazy. So, you know, it's kind of funny though. There, but I, I wonder if some sort of um, you know interesting thing about you know in baseball, you can you have to have almost both. You can't just have pitching or hitting. You got to have yeah, a combination have both, of yeah. both. And, and there's probably a spiritual thing there. Um, I don't have it. Are, are you trying to, you're trying to like, I'm trying to make an analogy. I'm trying to bridge some sort segue of segue into the actual podcast and why we're talking. No, oh, I just thought just it was spiritual. Cool. I thought it was cool that it, yeah, we need both. We right. can't just have offense. We offense need to have defense okay. too. So anyways, uh, well, let's go ahead and, and jump into awkwardly our, uh, topic for this week. It's one church. Yeah. One church. Yeah. We're you, still in the series one. You know what though? But that's the thing. So with baseball, oh, no, here we go. With baseball, you can't just have pitchers. You have to have pitchers and hitters. You got to have both good defense and offense and all those things. Be, all these players becoming one. Oh, per, trying too hard. Trying this is to, the definition yeah, of trying I, too hard. I did. I, I swung and I, I missed. Oh, man. That was, that was, it was a big swing. It was a big swing. But you missed by a mile. Oh, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> At least I swung. Uh, so going uh, with the topic this week, we're talking about one church. And when I think about the idea of one church, I think of the universal church. Yeah. And... Well, what's the difference between the universal church and a local church? Yeah, there's different ways to look at the church. You can look at it as universal, local. You can look at it as visible and invisible. Um, there, there's kind of different ideas and different ways to, to, to categorize that, right? But, you know, as far as universal and local, you know, the universal church or um, the Catholic, small c, not Roman Catholic, but the Catholic as in universal church, um, consists of everyone who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ around the world. So, so that's the one church, right? And it belongs to Jesus. And that was kind of the, one of the points on, on Sunday was that it belongs to Jesus, but it's not, it's not just our church. It's not just Grace Fellowship, you know, in Lakewood here, we've got a lot, there's a lot of churches around, you know, our daughter church, uh, Faith Mountain, which was daughtered along with the Rock and, and Grace Fellowship uh, planted that church many years ago, just closed its doors, but that would, would have been an, a local church, but they would have been our brothers and sisters in Christ. We, um, those who put their faith and trust that were at faith mountain and those were who in, in Christ and those who had put their faith and trust in Christ here at grace would both be part of the universal church. Same with, you know, 
Red Rocks uh, down the road, which is a large church. And then, you know, whatever. There's lots of churches around the Rock and Littleton. Um, Freedom Church here in, here, in, here in Lakewood. Mission Lakewood is another uh, local church here in Lakewood. Lighthouse used to be in Lakewood. I'm not sure. I think they're in Denver now, but they moved. Um, you know, but, you know, you go on and on, right? A list of churches. But everybody who has put their faith and trust would be part of the one church. The local church, like Grace Fellowship, would be uh, on an a group of people who are probably mostly part of the universal church, but some might not have a relationship with Jesus. So that's, is that kind of the difference in like, um, cause not every religion is part of the universal church. So what distinguishes, uh, people from being part of the universal church? Well, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's relationship with Jesus. If you put your faith and trust in him, then you're part of the universal church, uh, and, and love him and follow him. So there might be people even at the grace who may not, who may not have a relationship. Yeah. Um, but they would still be part of our local church in a sense, um, because we, we, we don't make that judgment, right? God makes that judgment. We, we can't always see people's hearts and whether they've, um, truly, they're truly following Jesus. Some people are just checking it out, right? We get people that come to church and trying to figure out if they're going to follow Jesus or not. Um, and, and that kind of thing. And so, but local church, you know, would be Grace Fellowship is an example of that. Well, we hope and we pray that everybody who is here will, will be part of the universal church. Um, but in our local, we were trying to minister to the Lakewood community and, and we, and we support, you know, the work of God around the world in different ways. But you go down to the church down the street, they might also be ministering in Lakewood community, maybe in a different way. Um, and, and maybe there's some distinctions between us and them. Um, but if they love Jesus and they put their faith and trust in him, they're part of the universal church. So, so we're on the same team, if you will. So it, it, within, you said that. There might be like different distinct distinctions between different local churches. Yeah. So I think about like denominations and stuff. Yeah. If we're one church, why uh-huh. are there so many denominations? Yeah, and and that's not always a bad thing. Um, some people kind of look at it that way. Oh, you know, denominations. See how divi- di- you know divided the church is, and that kind of that kind of a critique. But um, you know, we work with we're, we work with churches from other denominations. We have some different beliefs about different things, like maybe. Um, church down the street thinks that they should uh, baptize infants, and we we don't agree with that. We think that we should baptize people who who uh, put their faith and trust in Jesus, which are having baptisms on November third, by the way. Oh, cool! So, not only show up and enjoy that, but maybe if you haven't been baptized, get baptized. But we might have a difference of difference of opinion about about baptism and how that should be expressed in local church, and so. And so we've decided that, hey, you know, because of that difference and maybe some other differences, we're not going to necessarily meet together on Sundays um, because we, we practice. We have some different practices, but we agree on Jesus. So we're, we're both part of the universal church. And so we, we might work together and do all kinds of things together, team up for, for different things. Um, and, and, and we can do that because we're we're all part of the universal church, but we might have some theological distinctives. Um you know, with with our Pentecostal brothers brothers and sisters, we have some differences of opinions about um, the place of certain spiritual gifts within the church, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. And so, and so, we can disagree on those things, but be united when it comes to who Jesus is and what He did, and and the, and the necessity of, of putting your faith and trust in Him. And so, so we can. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, it can get heated at times in church history, right, where people got mad at each other because they thought the other people were heretics or something like that. That certainly happens. Um, but but for the most part, even within denominations with different aspects of 
uh, you know, like we're, we're Converge, which is like a Baptist denomination. Well, we have very, people who are very close to us as far as theologically Southern Baptists. And though we don't, um, we're not part of the same denomination, we were, we'll work together all the time. Yeah, no problem. Or the Evangelical Free Church or uh, the Christian Missionary Alliance, which I was a part of for a long time or whatever. So there's different denominations, different emphases within those denominations. Um, some focus more on missions, some focus more on, on, you know, maybe local, local evangelism or something. So what, you know, I think about, you know, the one, one church, one body mm-hmm. of many parts, right? Like yeah. even at, at, at Grace Fellowship, there's yeah. going to be people who are, you know, the hands or the feet or whatever that, right. you know, they, there's just how the scripture talks about, we're all one body, different yeah. members. Yeah. Uh, Romans 12, First Corinthians 12. Yeah. So then you would think then that if, if within each local church that every person's going to act differently within that, serve differently within that body. So that we're going to look different than another church might look, you know, because they are, mm-hmm. are made up of different members, you know, different people yeah, with different gifts. Even though we might makeups. be heading in the same direction, I think each church is going to look a little bit different, I would say, mm-hmm. which would be in my mind. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. And we, and even within the realm of Christianity, we, we, even if we have a disagreement about you know, a good example is 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 the 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 sign gifts. What's commonly referred to as the sign gifts. You know, speaking in tongues, uh, healing, prophecy, those kinds of things. Um, we might have a different idea about how we should, uh, the place those things have in church and how to express those things than another church. Um, but there can still be unity between those churches, and so we we have a disagreement about those things, and and it can get divisive. But but. Um, but I think if we're honoring, truly honoring God, it, it, we can we can work together and be united, and it doesn't need to be divisive. All right. Well, going back to the universal church, um, what's the difference between the universal church and actually just more clarification? What is universalism? Right. Yeah, universalism is this idea that basically, you know, to put it rather crassly and simply, everybody goes to heaven. That's kind of universalism. Um, the universal church is not that at all. The universal church consists of those who put their faith and trust in, in Christ. One. And and because of that, those people will go to heaven. But absolutely, uh, Jesus teaches, the Bible teaches, there's no other name out of heaven by which men can be saved. Talking about Jesus in Acts 4. You know, Jesus said in, in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So there's 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 one way to, to, um, to being redeemed and brought into relationship with, with with God and it is Jesus Christ and that's it. Uh, universalism would would say that's not true. And universalism is not biblical or scriptural or within orthodox Christianity. Hmm. Okay. That's a very good answer then. <laughs> okay. Um you know obviously you know we love people who come to Grace Fellowship. Obviously we want them to come to Grace Fellowship, but not necessarily you don't if you're listening to this and you don't attend a church, just find a church, a local you yeah, know, find a local have to be church. Great, but we'd love it. Come come yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. But if you're I mean, if you don't live in Lakewood or something, find a local church. It's so important. Uh, why is it beneficial to uh, attend a Sunday service or whatever rather than because you know I can listen online you know yeah, I, right. I've listened to, to a lot of great sermons online mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of great preachers online I don't know why you would do that Johnny I'm the only one you need no, those are my old days before oh, yeah. before <laughs> before John Byrne yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that sarcasm is my spiritual gift yeah, that's in right. case you you're wondering that? yeah you like that yeah yeah 
Um, yeah, uh, you, we can. We can, we could listen to worship music all day long. We can listen to preachers all day long, twenty four seven, seven days a week, and and never run out of preachers to listen to. So why do we need the church? Why do we go somewhere? And, and the and the answer is community, right? And and Hebrews ten talks about, a lot about this. You know, spring one another on towards love and good deeds. We shouldn't stop meeting together. It says as some are in the habit of doing. In other words, we need one another. The church is not just listening to music and listening to preaching, although the, that plays a role and an important one. It is also important for us to be together, to stand shoulder to shoulder as we sing those songs, to to stand, to sit shoulder to shoulder and hear the word of God proclaimed, to pray for one another, you know, you know, when, when somebody's struggling, to be in somebody's presence um, and, and to be able to encourage that person, to challenge that person, to hold hold that person accountable, and to be held accountable, and to be encouraged, and to be lifted up. You know, we, we when we lay hands on each other, have that physical touch, that physical, you know, I'm praying for you, um, and lay hands on somebody and, and pray for them. That um, even even a hug and encouragement from a brother and sister when you know maybe times are tough. They need your hug, you need their hug, whatever it is, or high five. I don't know if you're freak out when people hug you but i don't well, you know, yeah, that doesn't freak me out but what, whatever it is but we need to be in people's presence and and the idea that we can kind of be lone ranger christians just because it's something's online is ridiculous um you know i i do martial arts and i can't learn martial arts by watching youtube man i need to go to the gym and i need to be with somebody i need to practice well the reality is i think sometimes you can do certain things well on your own sure for a limited time for to a point, right? yeah. But then there's there there comes a point where you have to engage with other people, you have whether to. it's accountability, whether it's to get better. Yeah, you know. And that's the thing. Even like you think about too, um, you always want to be pushing yourself with, with other people because you're not going to get better unless you're, you know, wrestling with somebody stronger than you or you know. Absolutely. So it, yeah, you definitely want to go shoulder to shoulder. I like that that meant that metaphor of shoulder to shoulder standing together. Yeah. Can we do that out with Grace Fellowship, with people in the, within our church, local church? Are we able to do that outside of a Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, we are doing it uh, a week from Friday, October 25th. Um, we're having a, a prayer night here at Grace, and and we have uh, other churches coming to join us. So we have some other—they're within our denomination, but there are other churches um, within our denomination who are going to come. They're bringing their people. We're going to be praying together. We're going to be praying for their churches. They're going to be praying for us. We're, we're going to have some church planters there. We're going to be praying for those church planters. What that means is they're going to be starting new churches. And so, and so all of that, we're, we're staying shoulder to shoulder with people from other churches. We can, doesn't have to be in the same denomination. We've, I've done it lots of times with people from other denominations, just a bunch of local churches getting together, praying or, or, or whatever, doing a worship night, that kind of thing. Absolutely. hundred percent can do that. Bible studies that you're involved with outside of the church that, um, which we have several, many people here at Grace who are involved with Bible studies that aren't Grace Fellowship Bible studies, mm. but there are other people maybe at their work or maybe in their neighborhood or whatever, but they get together, they, they, they study the word of God, they pray for one another, they hold each other accountable. As a matter of fact, this morning, I met with some guys, and, and um, one of them's not part of Grace Fellowship, um, but but he's part of a group of guys that were doing some uh, reading God's word and holding each other accountable and and things like that. So so yeah, absolutely, that can happen, and that's the universal church. That's the universal church, uh, you know, getting together and and being part of the one church. Oh, that's cool, and, and kind of putting aside some of the little 
uh, differences. Differences, yeah. yeah, absolutely for the common for the common unity. Yeah, of Christ. Uh, what about uh, standing shoulder to shoulder with people who aren't believers? Is that possible? Well, yeah. I mean, that, then then you get to you you get to some some difficulties, right? Like, so can can a, a, a Muslim and a, and a Christian or a Hindu and a Christian or whatever? They're not. They are not worshiping the same Jesus if they're worshiping Jesus at all. Um. And that's really important to make that distinction. Uh, you know, Muslims don't worship Jesus. They think he's a prophet, but he's not. He's not God. He's, he didn't die for his sins. He didn't rise from the dead. He didn't do it. As a matter of fact, he didn't even die on a cross, according to the Muslims, uh, according to the Quran. So, so like, no, that's they, we are not. Um, it doesn't mean we can't be friends with them. It doesn't mean we can't hang out with them. Certainly, I would say we should try to evangelize them and bring them into a relationship with Jesus. Um, they need to know Jesus because apart from apart from Jesus, man, you, you face the, the condemnation that uh, is that you deserve because of your own sins, and so you don't get to experience the grace and mercy of God uh, through Jesus Christ. And so, so no, we can't be in um, in Christian fellowship with somebody outside of. And that's kind of what your uh, side by side is, uh, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Is that kind of like Christian Hopefully, fellowship? Yeah, we at least at least we think it's with other Christians, right? We, yeah, we're shoulder to shoulder with other people who believe in Jesus and follow Him. John, I'm sensing a theme of it's all about Jesus. It's all it is, man. It's is all that? about Jesus. <laughs> if you if you understand nothing else. Understand that it's okay. all about Jesus. Well, that, that's the, the the question that you raised it on Sunday. Actually, was the fact that sometimes I think Jesus is supposed to be our life, yeah, and everything, you know. But we have other things in our life: mm-hmm. our kids, our family, if we're if we're married, yeah, um, our careers, our you know, our finances. You know, we have all these other things that that God has given us, yeah. and blessed us with. But sometimes they do tend to rise up a little bit, yeah, and become our identity. They become our life. Um, can you give us examples of, of where that might happen, like actual examples, or yeah. what do we do when that happens? Or oh my goodness, yes, I can. Um, there's so many examples; it's hard to just narrow it That's down. I guess so. Huh? I mean, everything, everything we we do can take over in our lives, right? And so we can. You know, and, and I know it sounds crazy, but you can, um, I don't want to say love your spouse too much, but I do want to say it, say it this way, that your, your spouse should always be in second place to your savior, right? Jesus always comes first. And, and honestly, it's not even, it's not even Jesus, then your spouse. It's, it's how do you worship and honor Jesus above all things by honoring and loving your spouse well? Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and it's same with your kids, right? So we can get confused and go, oh, well, it's all about my kids. I got to, and moms do this more than dads, but dads can do it too, for sure. Is that my kids are the most important thing in their life. No, they're not. Your relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in your life. And their relationship with Jesus is and, the most Yeah. And their relationship. So you should be, be loving Jesus by loving them, right? It's not that you, it, you it, when you totally separate anything, your career, your, your, your family, your friends, your pastimes, your hobbies, um, your bank account, whatever. If you separate it from Jesus, then you're going to run into problems. Jesus should be in all of those things. He's, he's in every aspect of our life. If, um, and everything we do should honor and glorify him. Now we don't. We sin, and then we need to repent and seek God's forgiveness, right? Uh, and Which is offered through Jesus and through his shed blood. So that's good. But... You know, but Jesus is in everything. 
there's, there's, it's, I'm not, I'm in full-time ministry, but that, but if I was a construction worker, my job would still be about Jesus. You haven't been in full-time ministry your whole life. No, I haven't most of it, but, but I've had, I've had many times I've, I've had other jobs. I've worked in construction. I worked at, worked in coffee shops, um, you know, done some other things along the way. But even then, even when I worked, you know, I worked in, in a coffee shop for, for, for several years and my job was still to me, my mission field. It was about Jesus. Um, and so I think that that's really, really important for us to understand that, that it's not about Jesus or these other things. It's about how do we express worship to Jesus in these other things. Yeah. And if we can't, then those things shouldn't be in our life. Well, I think it, it kind of sounds harsh to say that, oh, I have to love uh, Jesus more than my spouse. But even you just said a couple weeks ago that there was a missionary who... Uh, mm-hmm. left his family. Yeah, and it's not just one. There's been multiple ones, but yeah. So that happens, and you actually f- almost frowned upon that. Like, it, it, we well, shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I mean, he was so focused on, on evangelism, evangelizing the world, that he forgot about his ministry to his family. Mm-hmm. Which, right? it, which you sound like he's loving Jesus first, and then right. his family second. Right. But it's not necessarily, I mean, obviously, that's not a good situation. That's not, not good either. And healthy. he did and he did amazing things, right? And that's, that's it's... It doesn't matter if we do amazing things for God, but we treat our family poorly, then we're dishonoring God and how we treat our family. Mm-hmm. God doesn't need us. We need him. And we need to remember that. Um, and so when we get confused about that, when we start to think that God needs us, then we can get things out of whack. And so then we, we stop honoring God in our relationship with our family or our career, whatever, whatever the case might be, because we go, oh, God needs me to do this and this and this and this. No, God doesn't need you. But he does want you. He wants your heart. And, and an expression of giving your heart to God is honoring and serving him in every aspect of your life. Um, it's like the living sacrifice that you talked about in our devotion. Was it in the devotion this week? Offering ourselves continually to him? I, uh, I, yeah, probably. I think I came across it this week as I was working on some stuff for the life groups. Yeah. But just the idea of that living sacrifice, you continually have to sacrifice it's, yourself. Yeah. It's a life of sacrifice. Actually, no, actually, I know it was what wasn't from your devotion. Oh, it wasn't? Okay. No, but I've been... You forget what you wrote sometimes, you know, and I know you're working ahead because you're working on the life group stuff. Yeah, I'm working ahead a little bit, so I'm uh, kind of pulling for a lot of different research. But it is, it is, uh, um, it's really cool that the idea of that living sacrifice is that constant, uh, put yourself, uh, your desires to... Mm-hmm. to death essentially yeah. and, and live for what, how Christ wants you to yeah. live. And that's so hard. It's incredibly it's so hard. hard to do. Um, Especially in a culture that says live for yourself. Oh yeah. Like that's all our culture says. Live for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Jesus comes and says, no, live for me. It's hard. Well, I was just thinking about, yeah, yeah no, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to digress. So I'm going to stop myself. But you talked about, and I'm trying to figure out the connection. Obviously there is um, the one body thing. You uh-huh. talked about that. Uh-huh. We're talking about one, we're one church. We're one, one church. church. Um, and you mentioned in Colossians 3, 4, that we're going to get a new glorified body, something mm-hmm. to that extent. Okay. Um, and I've always been fascinated with this, this idea of, of a glorified body, the new body. What is, what is it going to be like? I mean, obviously we're... You know, I, you know, people look at me and they go, well, he's definitely a model. You know, <laughs> oh he's gosh. got, he's so chiseled and, you know, handsome, all that kind That's of stuff. That's what they think about you, Johnny. I think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> telling people that you don't actually have a second career as a model. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it happens a lot, you know? And, uh, I always joke about my, uh, when I went, I, I went, walked into, um, America, what was it American Idol one year to, to audition? <laughs> and they said, uh, uh, sir, actually, America's top model is next door. Oh, is that what they so said? They thought I was a model. So, 
<laughs> if you know me at all, you know that's not true. But the, but the funny thing is, I've, I've always been kind of you know obsessed with the idea of what what's a new body is going to be like. How is that going to happen? Because yeah. you know we all have you know all seriousness. My my body is breaking down at forty four. You know I can feel it breaking down, and, Man, and, so and I'm still in, in decent shape. But you know there's there's well, things there's, that are there's, that's relative. Decent, too. decent, yeah, decent, decent. decent shape. You're in a shape. I'm in a Your shape. Your body takes a shape. It, it takes a shape. <laughs> and but the new bodies. What? 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 Any idea? Can you shed any light? I know it's kind of it's yeah. a little bit of a mystery. I'm well, assuming. Yeah, and Colossians three four doesn't necessarily specifically reference bodies, but it says that we will appear with with Christ in in glory, right? And we will receive glorified bodies. And First Corinthians fifteen talks about that. Um, and so. Yeah, and so what, I don't know what the bodies will be like, but I, 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 I have every reason to believe they resemble the ones we have, but they won't have the they won't ailments. be broken down the yeah. ailments that that are are these these bodies have. You know, Jesus when he appeared to Thomas, still could you could still see the scars. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming, you know, that that's you know we can kind of look at that and go, okay, well our glorified bodies will probably look somewhat like these the bodies we have. Uh oh, I've already started doing some work. Well, and and. You know, and I don't, I don't think that means that, you know, like if you're overweight, you'll be overweight or something like that. But I just, I just, but I think there will be a resemblance. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how far that goes. Um, but, but Thomas seemed to recognize Jesus after the, at, in his resurrected body. And, and so there seems to be, seems like there would be some consistency. Um, but they'll be without ailments. I, I don't know how that is. You know, I, um, you know, I try to try to keep my body in as good a shape as I can, but I have ailments. I, my joints hurt, things hurt, things break, things. I mean, look at you know, I, I'd show you guys, but Johnny will just have to tell you. I mean, look at my hand. Look at that mm-hmm. jacked up. Yeah, bad pinky. You know, I got a bad pinky, and it is ugly, right? And um, and although my teeth kind of look good, it's only because the front four are fake. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, um, you know, they're all manufactured teeth. <laughs> um, you know, they've been knocked out and stuff like that, and so, you know. Um, so not, you know, all those things will be fixed, right? Uh, our body will work the way it's supposed to work. It won't have ailments, things like that. And mm-hmm. I, but I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get, go too far with that. Cause I just, yeah. I don't, you know. don't know. Yeah. I like that. I like you said that our body will work as it's supposed to. And I yeah. think that's kind of going back to the topic. One church, you know, we're kind of one body. We're all working together as the design is as it's supposed to. Yeah. And I think we need to. To remember that Christ is the center and constantly be doing whatever we can with our human bodies currently to form one body, yeah. one church. Yeah. Um, John, any uh, resources that you came across this week? Yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of resources about the church. Um, and, and it's really, I mean, if you're really, I, I, I even hesitated because I knew you were going to ask this question. I was like, maybe I should tell them not to ask that question. But, you know, the church, as far as a theology of the church, it's really good to understand it, but it can be it can be a lot to take in. You know, grabbing a good systematic theology. I know everybody wants to buy one of those and put them on their shelves. I've got several of them. But anyways, you know, and reading about the church can be really helpful. Um, it's important. You know, I think I think reading passages like 1 Corinthians um, 12 and Romans 12, uh, and I wouldn't just read First Corinthians 12, by the way. I'd read 12 through 14, like all of those. The love chapters in the middle of those, I think that's really important. Um, you know, Ephesians 4, um, you know, th- those are really great passages to become familiar with regarding the church. And remembering that we're one body, we're the bride of Christ. And sh- so just as Jesus loves the church, we need to love the church too. And so I think that's really important. But I'd just go back to scripture. Um, there's books on the church as well, but 
but uh, I think scripture is really helpful. John, one of your, your biggest points in the in the sermon last week, and I, I think you used the analogy of dressing up, uh-huh, wearing yeah. a tie. Putting on the right things. What is, what is that, as we kind of wrap up, I know we're kind of coming to a close, but what is the important, importance of using the, the metaphor of dressing up um, in regards to um, using that for church growth or, or unity or, or whatnot? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think you know, as we talked about, you know, Colossians three and putting on the right kind of clothes as a church. Um, you know, Colossians three talks about taking off these certain things, um, you know, immoral kinds of things, and not having those things in our life. And that's the we should we should take that off. Those clothes, if you will, if they were clothes, should be taken off and burned. And when we put new clothes on, they should be clean, right? And they they should have the characteristics of the church, which is found in things like peace and unity and carrying the message of the gospel. And 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 then Colossians three says, above all these is love. Love should be the one thing that unifies the church together. That we love one another well. And that it doesn't just talk about that in Colossians three, but you know, First John and John. And in other places as well, and so, and so this idea that we clothe ourselves with love towards one another is 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 really super important. So, so with the idea even of being many denominations, many different, you know, kind of what the one church should look like is a church of of love, of peace, of yeah. unity, of you know all those things that yeah, you and put we should, on. And all of those words have different meanings in our culture. We need to understand them in the biblical sense. Um, you know, peace peace in the church does not mean um, that we, uh, or unity in the church does not mean that we overlook sinful behavior or that, or, or those kinds of things, or that we overlook those things which dishonor God. Uh, but it does mean, you know, unity in the church does mean being united on Jesus, who Jesus Christ is. And then, and then loving one another well. Um, and sometimes that means saying hard things as well as, is encouraging things. So let's wrap it up, John. What's the big idea for the week? Big idea is this: when you when you're part of the church, you dress up appropriately, appropriately with love that produces unity, and people are attracted to that. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.